Welcome back to Trending in Education. We have a very special uh, Game of Thrones episode that's uh, about to kick off. Uh, this is Mike Palmer. I'm here with uh, Brandon Jones. Uh, Hi, Mike. Hey, Brandon. Uh, and a special shout out to uh, our co-host, Dan Stratford, who uh, recently uh, became a father again. So he had his third, For the third time over his third daughter. Yeah. Yes. So uh, so congratulations to the Stratford family and Dan and family are doing great. And in fact, we just saw him recently. We did. But uh, but he's busy uh, being a, a, a nascent uh, father. Yes. And uh, and we're going to pick up with a nice uh, Game of Thrones uh, show right here. It's, it's topical. It is time, right? Yeah. It, winter, winter is here. Winter is here. And uh, we want to talk about uh, how it relates to learning uh, and education and uh, an attention economy where we're always trying to capture... Uh, eyeballs and uh, learn holes and whatever you want to uh, refer to uh, the ways in which people consume content, but it's very, uh, very relevant. And uh, we have a bunch of articles we'll be sharing out. Uh, hopefully folks will get a chance to look at some of what we're talking about. But, uh, but where do you feel like uh, starting, Brandon? Well, it was the Game of Thrones season premiere on Sunday. Correct. Uh, and I think that's probably a good place to start. Yeah. And this is where Dan wanted us to say this pod is short and full of spoilers. Yeah, it's so, good. So, so for those of you who are saving some Game of Thrones for later and yeah. have not seen episode one uh, of season seven, we're going to talk about that and we'll probably talk about other stuff. So uh, if you're- Yeah, looking, just stop listening. Yeah, yeah. Right, like I, we, I feel like some, some of you did that yeah. uh, in the past, over the past months. <laughs> yes. Uh, but for those of you who are still uh, listening, if you haven't seen, what if you haven't seen episode one of season one? Also stop listening. Probably, right? Yeah. I mean, I but think, what are you doing? Well, what, what have you been doing with sure. your time? Well, and I think our, we're also going to do another show more generally about, uh, you know, edutainment and, mm. and binge learning. Right. And, you can tune in for that. Yeah. And then we'll be more uh, abstracted and not getting specific about uh, plot points and stuff that might I'm going to talk about the Night King in that one <laughs> yeah, too, I think. Exactly. Yeah. But you just won't understand what Brandon's talking about. Right. So, so anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, so, so you're thinking episode, we t let's talk a little episode one. Let, let's, let's do a little breakdown. Yeah. Just the breakdown section. Yeah. So this, well, well first um, we are in, um, as we were for much of last season, in fully uncharted book, uncharted by the books territory. Uh, and I thought that actually would be an interesting place for us to cover is the uh, the slow drip yes. of uh, GRRM. Um, right. That's the initials of the author. Of the author, yes. George R.R. R. Martin. Yes, correct. Uh, not to be confused with J.R.R. R. Tolkien. Correct. Uh, but if you do want your, your child to be uh, a visionary fantasist, you may want to give uh, him or her the middle initials RR. The double R's. The double R. Yeah. And we're not talking the railroad. No. Yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, I, I know we're talking about Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, but, uh, but so, the uh, first book comes out. Yes. In 1994. Correct. Uh, that's the uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, as uh, it's, This is all a part of the Song of Ice and Fire. It's, that's a, the, it's a titular move. It is, correct. Yeah. Um, and then uh, two years later, 1996, book two comes out. Yes. Um, then, then uh, so this is like, this is the 90s, man. Yes, I remember the 90s. Yeah. The 90s are making a comeback, by the way. They are. Yeah, I we're know. Gonna, we're going to talk more we about sure that. Are. Uh, maybe next, next, maybe next, next episode. Show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you like the 90s, stay tuned. Um, and then uh, book three comes out in 2000. Sure. So there's a four-year gap. Yes. So he's like, he's got like a half-life. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, and then in uh, 2005, book four comes out. Right. And then finally, 2011, book five. Right. So HBO acquires Game of Thrones, uh, acquires the rights to Game of Thrones in 2007. Okay. So at that point, four books have been out. Mm-hmm. And George is averaging like, yeah, four-ish years per book. Sure. It's like, a, it's like a presidential election. It's an Olympics. And it's, a George R. R. Martin, so Song of Ice and Fire. World book. Cup. Yeah, we like the quadrennial uh, cycle. Yes, correct, correct. Um, George likes it less now. <laughs> sure, um, sure. So he is, uh, so then uh, they acquired in 2007. The first uh, season of Game of Thrones, the HBO show, comes out in 2011, which is, uh, is when uh, his book five was, was published. Yep. Now, one other thing about the books, uh, so I read the books. Yeah. I, I want to talk about your- Yeah, we'll talk about our consumption patterns in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I'm going to tell you mine yeah, right now. Not please. even a bit right Let's now. Let's do it. So I started reading the books in 2006. So uh, after the first four had been written, before the fifth had been written, before HBO had acquired it, and right. certainly before the season started, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the show started. Mm-hmm. Um, George R. R. Martin did a very bold thing. I'm not sure I've seen this move before in a series like this. Did a bold thing with timeline and characters in books uh, four and five. Okay. So um, for those folks who aren't readers, uh, uh, in general – I'm surprised you're listening to this podcast. Oh, I mean, there's a decent slice of folks who now listen rather than read. So maybe we're, right. ca- we're catching a couple of those. Yeah, maybe. Who yeah. Knows? you're early adopters yeah. and early abandoners of, yeah. uh, of reading as a medium. Yeah. Um, but for people who haven't read the book, so the, the books, all of the, t- the, the chapters are titled The Name of the uh, Prospective Character. Okay. Yep. So it's told through multiple different character perspectives. Some interesting characters don't actually have perspective chapters ever, mm. uh, like Rob Stark, for example, right. an important character in King the show. Of the North. King of the North. Spoiler alert. Uh, um, this, this show is this pod is is long. It's, it's long, but still filled with spoilers. <laughs> still filled with with terrors. Yeah. Um, so uh, so anyway, so in book uh, so book three is done. Yeah. Right. This is two thousand five. Right. The, the people who are invested, and, and he, George R. R. Martin has, has built an incredible world. Yes. Great characterization. Sure. Great inter, intertwining plot. We're talking about Westeros. Westeros. We're ta- also Essos and, sure. and so- Southros. The Narrow Sea. Yes. We're talking know. about all of it. Yeah. Um, in, that, in that time, uh, so, so a book reader starts reading 1994. Yeah. Has waited 11 years now at this point. So yeah. excited. Yeah, and then it comes out mm-hmm. that book. Um, uh, I guess that's in, in two thousand five. Book four, four drops. Um, book four and book five. George R. R. Martin split his character universe in two. Okay, and told the story from point A in time to point B in time for half the characters in book four. Okay, and then that same time frame for the other half of characters in book five. Wow! So literally, like the last page of book four. Yeah. He's on the same time frame as the last book page of, of book five. Wow. That's bold. That's bold. And, yeah. uh, and just to clarify, this is bold. Like this is from a book reader's perspective, as opposed to from someone who hasn't read, a, read any of these books. Yeah. I kind of have no idea what you're talking about. Right. That's okay. But what I guess I would argue is that I'm talking about not a book reader of Game of Thrones perspective, just as a reader, a reader of, books of books in the world. For sure. I don't know that I've ever read a series and I've read plenty of series mm. where in the middle of the series, this is a seven book series. Right. In the middle of the series, the author decides to say, you know what? Yeah. I, I got so much to say. And yeah. he has a lot to say. He, he likes talking about sigils. He does. He likes yes. that. That's, uh, he that's gets, uh, crests gets and shields. Vex- vexillary. 
That's about fl- that's about flags. flags. Yeah, 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 I like that yes, word. He's like good. a he's a vex vexillologist. He also is vexing a lot of people with his choice, oh which my is yeah, yeah, right. Um, he's like, I've got so much to say that I can't say it all right now. Right. I'm going to say it in two parts, but not. I'm going to go like from A to B and then from B to C. Yeah, I'm going to go from A to B. And then A to B again. Yeah. That nobody does that. And it took years for him to go so many to years. go back to A again. And so then, many years. And Another six years. Those steps. It reminds me a little bit uh, from film. Uh, you know, Rashomon is a uh, is famous in the in the history of film. It's uh, uh, Toshiro Mifune. Uh, I think I got his name right uh, as the actor in it. But uh, and it's I think it's Kurosawa. I don't know. I got to look that up. But it's basically the same film. Uh, the same story from like six different perspectives right, yeah. within two hours, mm. but it's within two hours. Right. You know, so not uh, 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so you came in right around then, right? I was a 2006 uh, reader. So I was, I read uh, after book four been published before book five, before the show, but sort of so show acquisition. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And then and how about you? Well, for me, I got in watching uh, in season five mm. and then uh, caught up, binged up to, uh, the the last few episodes of season five and then mm. i was caught up with everybody else so were you worried about were you like actively avoiding spoilers i was yeah yeah i was and in, in part that became a motivator just because i got tired of like cryptic quotes about yeah. like Tyrion and Cersei yeah r plus l equals j and i was like, like, uh, like what's that like red wedding i don't know what's what's a red wedding yeah. i remember it sounds like a billy idol song but yeah that was white wedding right but it's in the neighborhood. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I decided to binge on it, which also was another topic related to learning. And I education. think right, that's where we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I did binge and I, uh, caught up, but honestly, my viewing partner was a little more uh, diligent in her, her binging capability. You just like to sleep. I would, ne- I would doze off, especially yeah. like the men of the men of the watch would be in like a really dark, uh, it's dark, yeah. It's dark, and there's just, the sounds of like the fire crackling. Like, and the rah, rah, rah. like if I was a man of the watch, I'd be getting like in trouble for dozing off. Because like Jon Snow would be like rallying us, and I'd be like snoring in the corner. Yes, you know. So I did a little bit of that, but I generally processed what I needed. And then season six was all uh, in time with everyone else. And then I gotta say, season seven, I feel like I'm more on top of it because I felt like I was prepping for this show. So I watched. Uh, the final episode of season six mm-hmm. and uh, was kind of right there for season seven. And I also started to understand the supporting universe that extends beyond just the shows. Sure. In terms of blogs and podcasts. Yeah. I want, can I make a plug for a podcast? Please. This is like this little podcast on podcast yeah, action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, binge mode. Yes. Which is by the ringer.com. That's the Bill Simmons sure, property. Sure. Lots of different, um, uh, they have a, a, a site obviously, and then also a, a whole network of podcasts. Right. Um, it's so good. It if, is. If you like Game of Thrones yeah. and you like the podcast binge mode, right. you will love the podcast binge mode. And it's a great binge mode is, uh, is right. Uh, it's zeitgeisty. It is. You know, like the idea of binging and the way we consume, uh, content and, uh, you know, uh, I was listening to another pod as we reference pods, yeah. the, the A16Z pod, and they were talking about how uh, content is designed not to end now. So like once you start to capture the, the attention of folks, I've also heard more and more people talk about the attention economy, mm. uh, which is where like attention is really the coin of the realm. And once you have that attention, uh, you design your delivery to continue to capture it so that it's hard to leave. 
which makes binging very easy. So like binging in many ways, watching the next show is easier than stopping. You know, these things are designed to be addictive. That's right. Um, the, the challenge I had was like, I don't like to drink a lot of coffee while watching television. So like I, I did find some of Game of Thrones, not having read the book, to be pretty dense and yeah. somewhat expository. So like, I was like, which character am I looking at now? Right. Where uh, I think- A lot of uh, white guys in the show. Yeah, but I, yeah. Uh, but also like, I needed a good like libretto. I needed something yeah. to pair with the show uh, to, uh, to give me better insight into the ancestry and who's related to who, who's whose baby. Uh, yeah. there's a decent number of bastards in there. Like where might they <laughs> Watch come your mouth. from? I know, I know, I know. Uh, and then also the map, Yeah, you know? So like when you just watch the, the, the show, yeah. you don't get access to like, like I remember even I was a, a JR. J.R.R. Tolkien guy yeah. back in uh, growing up. So like I loved one of my favorite parts of You're Lord of the Rings. Tolkien something. <laughs> but what I loved about it was the ability to like flip through the visual aspect. Yes. Like the maps. Right, you the know? maps. Yeah. And 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 also you getting back to to episode one of of season seven. Yes. It's like spoiler. Everybody's got a cool map. Everybody's they do. got they have map rooms. Yeah, they've it's, got map it's rooms. It's like the season of map rooms. It is, yeah. Uh, which means, you know, I guess you know, as we start talking about learning insights from Game of Thrones, uh, you know, we could talk about that at length. Yeah. But, uh, but gameplay. Sure. And uh, maps. Yeah. And cartography. Cartography. Geography. Yeah. You know, a uh, lot of stuff to learn in there. Lots of stuff to learn. And I kind of wish I had more of that uh, accoutrement. Yes. Uh, as I like to say. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Uh, while getting into the thing. So that I could have been a little more prepped, so that binging would have been easier. It's sure. almost like you need, uh, you know, I was, I, I was uh, recently uh, had a lovely uh, tasting menu that was paired with wine, mm. and it, and we we know that Game of Thrones they love the wine, they sure do. But if I could have had the right pairing of supporting materials to enhance my learning, uh, I would have been more ramped up. And also now I feel like I just kind of know the series. Yeah. So I can just watch it. You know, like yeah. it's not like I'm trying to figure out who's who. I just kind of know. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it seems like a very different experience than yours. Yeah. Mine was so much better. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think we should talk, let's, let's talk about binging sure. and uh, get onto the learning aspect. Yeah. Although I do, I, I feel like we promised spoilers. We've spoiled nothing. Um, so I, I, I do want to say one thing, which yeah. is, um, in episode uh, one, season seven, yes, there is like a little nod to book six, which is uh, supposed to have come out already. Okay, um, uh, George R. R. Martin is a big like Mets Jets fan, and so ah. he like ends up writing like he's been writing all these blogs. Like he, he writes about the, his teams, sure, because he's a normal person of the world. Yeah, and everyone's like George. Get back to what, stop watching the TV. Get back yeah. to what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you I, got a book to write, right. two of them. I mean, the good news, I mean, the sad news for me as a Mets fan, I'm not a Jets fan, I'm a Jets yeah. fan, but Mets and Jets, he's probably going to have plenty of time to work on book seven. Yeah. You know, because like right. there's not a lot going on That's right, right now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so book six is what he's working on, and sure. it, is, uh, it is called uh, Winds of Winter. Okay. And if you remember after the cold open and the dun, 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 after yeah, that bit yeah. with the map. Although map. that map, by the way, it's very disorienting because they're like always, they're going different, taking different perspectives. But, I kinda, but I, that's one of my favorite parts. You like that part. Okay, well, because it's also like, what, what, 
what places are they adding? That's always that fun. are going to be in this it's old like, town, old exactly. town this it's time. Like, yeah, old, you don't often go old town, and even uh, and then Dragonstone, right? Clearly. And Dragonstone, which yeah. had been there before. It has. I, I, I didn't remember the Stannis. I've got part. some beef with Dragonstone. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. see if we can come back to it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, the um, uh, in after the cold open, after the the uh, opening montage. Uh, they go to another different type of cold open, which is the the Night King and all the White Walkers yes. and Whites. Yes. And as, as that scene is setting, being yeah. set, there's this like really um, uh, for sense of foreboding and, and uh, ominous wind of winter that is blowing. Yeah. So Titular Here's again. to you, Georgie. Yeah. Uh, get yeah. get stop stop watching the Mets. <laughs> And uh, and get your action. Uh, go go uh, go. Start writing your book. Yeah. So so binge binge learning. Um, yeah. And Mike, you shared some of these. I'm sure they'll be in the glossary right after Dan. We'll tweet is them out. Changing we'll the glossary's diaper. We'll do all that. Um. So binge learning now exists in Urban Dictionary. It does. Shall I shall I do my best, Please. Dan? Yeah. This, uh, the, here's do, doing a Dan is also in the, uh, in the urban dictionary. Actually, let's not search for that. No. Uh, but that, that means just reading something that's already written right. just so you can, you can hear it. So binge learning is a tenant knowledge seeking an almost obsessive indulgence of an interest. Uh, and then an attributed quote, this is often within a field in which one had already had a strong interest, but may also include seemingly random facts or topics. Can take the form of watching a collection of videos, tutorials, seminars, listening to podcasts, should be doing that, or just browsing Wikipedia or Google Dictionary, now the define keyword, has some similarities to binge watching. Yeah. And then there's an exchange. Yeah. I'm so tired. I was up binge learning until two. And then the, the, there's a call and response. The response there is, ha ha, nice. <laughs> I'm like, ha ha, nice. Did you finish that project though, THO? No, but I could tell you all about alligator bone structures because <laughs> that person binge. Yeah, they binge learned. Binge learned. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this on, uh, we did a, speaking of binge learning, for those of you who want to binge learn our entire uh, training and education catalog, we did go deep on binge learning as it related to Coursera, where they were starting to allow folks to, uh, to access the entire video catalog for a particular subject as opposed to time released it. Uh, which was more in line with the way people consume HBO uh, Go and On Demand and Netflix and all that. Um, and uh, it does relate to, to this concept of binge learning, which uh, the learning science argues against this to a large extent. Yeah, it's pretty bleak for binge learning if yeah. you believe the literature, which I think you should believe because it's, it is written and yeah. it is based on uh, you know, control, random control experiments. So. Yeah, yeah, and we even uh, partook in one, I remember, where uh, we had to memorize words. Yeah. Uh, and then the idea is if you- Swahili? Swahili. Yeah. And if you do mass practice uh, of just a particular type of word, like you memorize all your fruits and then you memorize all your- uh, vegetables, vegetables, uh, or whatever they have fruits and vegetables, bad example, yeah. animals, uh, whatever it is, you focus on a particular genre and you go deep and then you go deep on the next one and deep on the next one. Your recall is less good than when you're interspersing them or, uh, or interleaving, interleaving them, yeah. which is the, the, the more uh, term of art within uh, learning science. Uh, and, uh, that, I think is probably true of binge learning. And I think it's even to my point earlier about binging on Game of Thrones. I think my actual processing of each episode is less deep when I'm just powering through four or five episodes yeah. in a given sitting. Yes. As opposed to the way it works now, it's more time release where 
we're all waiting until Sunday night when the new episode drops and then we really digest it. Right. And then uh, another article that-, I, that So was, you'll go back and rewatch it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go back and rewatch it. But then also like there's uh, the speed with which the uh, analysis arguments get, our articles get out, which is like within 20 minutes, the best uh, reviewers and encapsulators are dropping their their interpretation of the show. Right. So like by Sunday night at 10.30, you could already begin to read analysis of the show. Yeah. Not to mention uh, in Twitter in real time, people are like, oh no, Aria did not. You but know what I mean? Did. But she, she totally she did. She totally did. Yeah. Like right during the cold open. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of application to, to, to our neck of the woods and, and like sort of relevance to learning. And there was another article that, uh, that we'll share out uh, that talked through some of the components of good, uh, good television programming uh, development uh, and how that can relate to developing good learning and development. Uh, and that's sort of the idea of cliffhangers and having a narrative and having characters that people can connect with uh, and then having good snacks. Yeah, so there are five things in this article. Uh, I thought the two of them were particularly uh, relevant. Um, and the, the sort of thrust of this article is how do you make um, uh, learning in a corporate setting, how do you make learning uh, addictive the way that binge watching is? So how do you, how do you build binge learning into say your your compliance training for example sure um, right so uh the two that you you alluded to one was was make it entertaining and um uh you know, and probably make it um quick and uh serial um and uh, you know i thought that was uh, i thought that was that was right and and making characters that you can relate to making and engaging and the second was just making it easy. So, you know, you've, you've talked about um, uh, how Netflix and Amazon Video and et cetera, like all these streaming services, the, the next thing in your queue just plays. The same yeah. thing is true for my podcast playlist, right? For, right. It, just, it just goes, yes. right? So I don't have to get over the activation. Like I don't have to put forward the activation energy even to like lean forward out of my deep couch to click the X button on my PS4 remote so that it goes, I just plays. Sure. Uh, And that's, I think that that's, that's a pretty turnkey insight. I think that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's some combination of people are lazy and just like lowering the the barrier to keep learning and just like you could keep watching, I Mm -hmm. think is really, is really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it, it requires more energy to stop watching than to just continue. Uh, And it's, it's designed to be addictive. Uh, and also with the concept of the cliffhanger, frequently it ends with something uh, that teases what's coming next, yes. which, which also relates to, to sort of good learning and development. Yeah, that was one of the, that was the, the item number four, um, which was to uh, share weekly preview. So like, you know, things coming next. I think that might be a little less practical uh, for developing um, uh, or for getting people to binge on learning content, although maybe not actually. Yeah. Now that I say it, maybe maybe not. Um, one that is definitely less practical, I think, is to it, you said it's to provide food. Yes. Make binge learning appetizing. So they specifically recommend popcorn, and they even more specifically recommend two types of popcorn. Yes. Including bacon and cheese popcorn. Right. Now I'll admit, I I, I think we uh, we've 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 sort of talked about this offline. 
there are people who like bacon and cheese and there are people who don't like bacon and cheese and both those people are equally awesome. Right. That being said, the people who like bacon and cheese probably like very little more than they like bacon and cheese. Yes. So I think getting to your bacon and cheese people through bacon and cheese is probably pretty insightful. It's powerful. Yeah. 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 Bacon and cheese for those who love it, them. Yeah. Is critical. Right. Yeah. And for others, we we need to find what unlocks their passion. Yes. But for some folks, bacon and cheese is kind of a no brainer. It's yeah. And it just gets you going. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I, we'll, we'll see. And then the, the fifth one, the final one was to publicly reward the binge learner of the month. Right. I think again, we, we've got like, we have this real, um, there is this real issue with what the learning science says about how people learn. Right. That binging is maybe just not best. Correct. But, um, it's trying to find the, so I'm not sure if like rewarding the person who's doing this thing that shouldn't be working the most yes. is best, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's finding those elements, like the things that make it sticky, the things that make it compelling, the things that make you want to continue to tune in. Yeah. You know, in uh, uh, talking about this before, you had a good idea, Mike, of like building, using the same sort of structures and then just being uh, a thoughtful curator of what those, uh, what the content is so yes. that you can actually interleave even while having a constant stream. Yes. As long as you're with a good um, sort of learning engineering mind, if you can feed the right content that is right for that person at that time, yeah, you can still actually be a binge learner, yeah. but just do it in a way that's not, that's not, not helping you. And it's all coming back to this delightful uh, tasting menu with wine pairing where like another way you could pair it. Like when I was binging on game of Thrones, I was also interleaving uh, Silicon Valley. Mm, which, right. Which was like a delightful uh, palate cleanser. Yes. It was sort of tapping into a completely different part of my brain. Sure. It was the Silicon Valley part, which, yeah. which is a little, a little goofier uh-huh. and a little more contemporary because yeah. I, I got range. Uh, and, uh, and I found that to be kind of helpful. And then as a learning designer, if we could be thoughtful about, okay, you need to learn both uh, grammar and science. Let's interleave the two, but have yeah. it so that the learner doesn't have to take action. Cause I, I think that idea of uh, sort of the paradox of choice, when you give people a myriad of options as to what to do next, it can sometimes be taxing to the point that they just leave. Whereas if you just feed them the next item, it's, uh, it's a lot easier just to sure. sort of stay and power through. Sure. Although I think the, the flip side is also that like the length of those sessions and like sort of the Pomodoro method where like you really need time for your brain to recharge. Otherwise you're just trying to jam more and more information in there where you really haven't had a chance to consolidate the learnings and the information to begin with. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think this is a ripe area for us to, to delve into. Yeah. Uh, how about some parting thoughts for this episode? And then we can uh, pick there up. Was one the more, there was one more that's going to be bigger than a parting thought. But okay. I just have, I just sure, to let's do it. Do it. Um, it's the Duolingo. Oh, uh, my God. Piece. The High Valerian. Yeah. Yeah. What is High Valerian, Mike? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Do you speak any High Valerian? Uh, I got to kind of consult my notes. Give me, give me a moment. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, Duolingo, like many uh, media properties. So just listeners. Honestly, this happens. People take advantage of the fact that the world cares about Game of Thrones and they develop programming around it's it. True. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, but... you wouldn't believe it. In fact, we're doing it ourselves. Right. But right. Duolingo, interestingly, uh, released, I think just within the last week, uh, a new co- Duolingo is the app-based language learning uh, 
device or, or language learning app uh, that's quite good. I've used it for French. I think you've used it. I use it for Portuguese un, and for, for a trip to Brazil. Un, I'm 1% proficient. Un poquito? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's Spanish, okay. but it may also it's, be Portuguese. It's neighborhood. It's, rom it's romantic. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but then they just released High Valerian, which is the language of the mother of dragons. True. And the people of Volantis, the, it's a commonly spoken in Essos and yeah. made it over the Targaryens or who are originally a Valentine family. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's similar to, it's, it's kind of like a latter day Klingon, uh, is, yes. or, or like Elvish, like folks got into Elvish back in the Tolkien days. Right. Yeah. They got into Klingon when they were geeking out on Star Trek. Right. And now Duolingo is providing a service to folks who want to impress others by being able to say things in high valerian right so i think so i think um that the answer here is they expect very few people few people to use it mm -hmm. they expect effectively zero people who wouldn't have otherwise been open to using a language app to use it yeah um so it's this it's not about um acquisition although it may be because it it's a good it's a good sort of brand play to ride the crest of Game of Thrones mania, yes. as you were saying, yes, uh, by by getting a little piece of that action for sure, um, and and teaching people to, I'm going to put it in quotes, you can't see it, but impress people yes. with their high Valyrian, right? And and if we somehow could fool people into learning Swahili by by actually stealth learning, stealth learning, yeah, because if, if it could be just the same syntax. So, for example, if I were to say Nuhe Averiluar Kepi Yikinan in High Valerian. Yeah. That means I smell drunk uncle. You smell like my drunk uncle? No, I smell drunk uncle. It's oh. like smells like teen spirit. I don't know why they have that as the example in the article. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, but for those of you who are interested in learning and you don't mind a little bit of throwaway work, knock yourself out. Duolingo has, yeah. has some, uh, some new some new. Get action. it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it to now. Yeah, get it today. Learn now. Learn. Can always be learning. Yep. Right? And enjoy... Uh, Enjoy some of those ancillary, uh, ancillary uh, Game of Thrones things that are coming to light. I, so I like my parting thought, which you asked for before. Yeah. Um, I think this kind of thing is good. I think that having something that's in the public discourse, discourse that course, is, is good. Like I think that, um, and the fact that it is uh, based on books and where there's so much sort of canonical and apocryphal knowledge out there. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of, sort of knowledge acquisition mm -hmm. and that people are interested in binging part yeah. of like the part of what they're doing is binge learning. Like I, I mentioned binge mode, the podcast. Yeah. Um, that's learning as much as it is entertainment. So I think we, we might come back at a, a later, a later, maybe next week time and talk yeah. about edutainment again. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I think this is good. I think that there's like, we're, we're scratching on an interesting service that is, uh, that has some, some education in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so with that, uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap on today's show. Uh, try to get this out as soon as possible for those, uh, those fans out there of Game of Thrones who want it timely. Uh, and then we'll be back soon, uh, next week, in fact, uh, talking a little more about edutainment and uh, all that good action. So uh, thanks again, uh, Dan, for your moral support. And uh, we'll be back soon. 